Well, guess who's here? Yay! Yay. <laughs> this is the RC Roundtable, a casual discussion about all aspects of flying model airplanes. Well, greetings, Earth creatures. Welcome back to the RC Roundtable. Joining me, my usual partners in crime, Mr. Lee Ray. Good morning. Are you sober today? I am. All right. Oh, wait, no. I've been clean for eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it wrong. <laughs> Does NyQuil count? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Terry Dunn. Hello there. Are you, are you awake? Am I awake? Yes. Oh, very. You're a little slow off the gun there. <laughs> I was waiting for more adjectives. Oh, okay. Disappointed. Yeah, you don't get technical with me. And of course, we have a very special guest today, Mr. Keith Sparky Sparks. Hey, everybody. I'm, I'll go with Lee's uh, intro from the last time. Hello! That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a pretty good Lee. Yes. Yeah, we had uh, Keith had such a great time last time joining us at the best fly-in, electric fly-in, that we thought we'd have him back. And uh, we're really happy that you can join us again in this episode. Well, thanks. I appreciate the invitation. Oh, it's great to have you back. Well, let's get into it. I guess the first thing is it was a major announcement that just kind of blew everybody's hats off. The guys at Motion RC, in partnership with their Flightline RC company, is coming out with a F7F Tiger Cat. Uh, foamy, but pretty big. 63-inch wingspan. Twin electric. This was the high-performance twin-engine fighter plane. Came out just at the very end of World War II. Meant to uh, rip the Japanese a new one, which what was left of their Air Force at the time. And uh, this was a real surprise. There was no heads up. There was no warning. It just suddenly popped up. says, hey, it's coming out, and you can pre-order it. and should be out in December. What do you guys and it's think? it's beautiful. Yes. It's one of those really sexy planes that has been undermodeled for too long. Probably one of the best detailed kits I've seen in a while. I mean, the, those panel lines are really nice. Well, they said they got with the company uh, about the color and everything. Uh, and and they're going to save some money on this airplane because they they're using the same power setup as their P thirty eight, and that airplane did very well too. So you're saying they got with Grumman about the paint? Uh, about the color? Yeah, they said the colors uh, uh, spot on. So really, um, I mean, the color for, matched it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The color and the finish look pretty good. I'm and impressed by that. And on top of that. They did. They did. They got four uh, livery uh, decal sets that come with it, so that means the plane comes to you raw, so you get to make it your own. So that, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's something that should be really stated is that they, the decals are not pre-applied, so you can either use theirs, change to have three different libraries, or paint it up as something else and uh, easily make it your own unique plane. Was there what? a tiger cat in any other color? Oh, I guess they had black ones for night fighters. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe they had some fire bomber okay. ones too that were different colors. Right, right. That would be interesting to do. Yeah. So there are some, you know, variations other than you know, navy blue. Did they actually carry water, or were they like a spotter? Mm, good question. I thought they carried a little bit of water. I mean, it's not a big plane for that kind of stuff, but I guess you could do tactical water drops or something. Yeah, I wonder if they used to do the role that the Bronco does now. Hmm. That's a good question. But still, it's I've always wanted to build one. Uh, every once in a while, I've seen uh, one at, pop up maybe for sale on uh, online or something like that, and always lamented I couldn't get it. Uh, but now, now you can get one ready to fly, basically. I think it's just receiver ready. Well, as yeah. far as that air, the design of that airplane goes, I'm really uh, impressed with the, the, the shape of the fuselage. It, it's got... It's like the main fuselage uh, was um, came from the P thirty eight. It's 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 uh, what's that? the oval shape. It's very sleek. It's kind of greyhoundish. It's a very fast twin engine airplane. Yeah, it's very narrow fuselage. Uh huh. Two big honking engines. Uh, 
And and oh, I, yeah. I, I watched the video. The guy in the video said that a four cell four thousand milliamp hour will fit in the thing. So, but in the video, he I don't remember what he said he was flying it with. But I was really impressed with the video, but uh, with the two flap selections, it's got the metal retracts and everything. Hmm. So yeah, it, it's uh, it's an impressive airplane. They they're actually saying it takes two three thousand to three six hundred. Oh batteries. okay. So uh, yes. Do the batteries go in the fuselage or the nacelles? Mm, good question. I think they go in the fuselage. Well, yeah, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Now the plot thickens. Apparently, it was just announced that FMS is now coming out with an F7F. Same cat. size? Theirs is like uh, four inches longer in wingspan. Okay, so it's not the same molds. Not the same molds. Similar size, not, not significantly different, but a little bit bigger. Hmm. So, yeah. Oh, mm. the, <laughs> well, although theirs is apparently not anywhere near as ready to ship as... The flight lines, apparently. The, the pictures I saw online were just of CGI kind of um, CAD drawings. But apparently they've been, they have been working on it for a while. Is, is there any talk of espionage involved? Uh, there were some whispers that it's something that's highly likely. That's a shame. Since these are all built in China, there's basically no trade secrets there. Right. As you were well aware of. So, that's interesting. Who was that comment for? For you, Terry. Oh, yeah. I'm aware. Keith is aware. Oh, yeah. But, anyway, it's good for Flightline for for popping this out just before Christmas, hopefully. And uh, that's that's fantastic that they've made that design available to us schlugs. Well, I've never owned a Flightline model. What's their their reputation so far, quality-wise? Uh, I understand their P thirty eight is really nice. I've heard good things okay. about it. I think um, FMS, depending on which model you have, could go either way. Mm. They're new, so I don't know. Lee, you have any thoughts on it? I, I hear great things about the P thirty eight, so I, I think it's good. I will say that one of the flight videos I saw online, and I'm sure we'll post them on our our link on our website. Uh, the guy flying the Tiger Cat, it was. Wow, it was very impressive. He he actually said, "I think the performance is better than the P thirty eight." And judging by the video, it it was impressive. So uh, I I'm definitely putting this on my wish list. Has I'd anybody look, put money down yet? Uh, like of uh, the people here on the podcast, right? <laughs> oh. I'm sure. <laughs> have. I haven't yet, but I, I already sent the leak to to my wife, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you threw a hint in. That's so funny. <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, I think you guys know. I I take a lot of photos of the Tiger Cat during Wings Over Houston, and uh, I put a pu- a couple in the thread uh, on RC groups because you know I'm. Uh, it's it's a great performer at Wings Over Houston. I'm glad they come every year, and I try to take some on the sunrise photo. So, part of me is that I, I'd like to to get a copy of that that version in my uh, hangar. Well, here's a question huh. for Keith. You tend to customize your models, even ARFs, with your own special things. So, what would you do with something like this that's already so complete? Ooh, well, now, question. you know, I haven't seen that airplane uh, uh, in person. Uh, I've watched the video because I knew we were going to talk about it today. Um, yeah, you know, and it's funny that the the RF industry has really taken off on this. Uh, as I mentioned before, the airplane comes raw. You get to put your own decals on it. They finally got the message that we don't want the decals on the dumb airplanes. Um, and I think that's great because it, it, it opens up a whole new world if you if I want to paint something on it. Um, I don't know what I'd do with this airplane, like, again, because I didn't see it. I haven't got one. But I'm glad that they're sending it to us raw. Uh, they trust us enough to put decals on our own airplanes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and, and Somebody will put the insignia and, on them. Oh, down. yeah, of course he will. Uh, and... Um, let me see. I, I have the I have the new uh, I have a new Warhawk, and the decals have gotten even better. I mean, they're, they're not the um, uh, clear tape kind of printed 
decals anymore. These things are almost like vinyl cut. So at least uh, making real progress on the arfs. Uh, it's really, really making it hard us on, on us scratch builders. So as far as uh, improvements was... to the plane, I really don't see anything. I mean, they've got it all. It's got the metal retracts. It's got it's got lights. It's got flaps. I mean, what are you going to do to the thing? Yeah, I don't know. I, the only thing I could think would be to modify it into the two-place variant or, yeah. I don't know, put some ordnance on it. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's about all you can do with it. I mean, because, like I said, they're getting the message that we want our airplanes where we can make it our own, and we want scale details, so... Um, yeah, the ARFs have come a long way. Yeah, I mean, compare this to a GWS Warbird from 10 years ago, and it, it's not even the That's same. That's true, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> well, no, at the time, we were happy to have those GWS planes. They were a marvel then. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but I just, I just, I, I'm imagining bringing a GWS next to uh, this Tiger Cat. Oh, you guys need to roll the clock back a little bit more than that. Originally, whenever the ARFs were coming into the country uh, and the magazines were reviewing them, we were having spar failures. We were having a lot of failures. So the magazine or the reviewers started flying the planes, evaluating them, and then taking the skin off of them and testing them, testing the joints and all this other stuff. And they would even report on that. So um, I guess as soon as the ARF manufacturers found out that we were doing that or that the magazines were doing that, they started building them better. I mean, they're responding to the reviews. So what you guys are doing is, is important work. Yeah, you remind me of a story once, way, way, way back when I actually we used to work at a hobby store. A customer came in. He had a an ARF he had bought from us. Uh, it was a built-up ARF, wooden and, and plastic-covered. Uh, but he had a complete stabilizer, stabilizer failure. The the whole elevator assembly just kind of on one side just ripped off and flew. Uh-huh. And he was pretty upset about it. He brought it in, and the wood they had used was was totally inadequate. It was you, you just look at it and it collapsed. It was really spongy. You can press it together. It was it was like they had taken some balsa wood that had matured or something, and it was really substandard construction. So yeah, we progressed a long, long way. Well, and, and that's what I was saying was that uh, you guys are doing these reviews on these on the ARFs uh, and doing honest reviews. Um, you guys are doing great work, and you're, you're uh, I guess, making the hobby progress into uh, better quality. I'm not sure I can take any credit for that. I would attribute it more to supply and demand. The people buy the ones that work, and they don't buy the ones mm. that are crap. Oh, I understand that, but it, it kind of kills our hobby shops. The guy at my hobby shop says that he'll order uh, three or four ARFs, and because it's the hottest thing, and then if it gets a bad reputation and he orders three or four more to because everybody's wanting it at the time, by the time it gets there, uh, it's been reviewed, everybody says that it's got this problem, and then nobody wants it. So it really kind of hurts the hobby shops. But these, the reputation is, is, that's what it's all about is reputation after it's been out for a while. Well, yeah, and it seems like the life cycle of these ARFs are pretty short anymore. Six oh, they're very, they're very short. So, yeah, you got to get your money and get out. Yeah, they're just, well, there's some nice planes that they just, if you don't get it when they come out, you're just not going to get them, I guess. But, but with the internet and uh, information easily at hand, it's, it's harder to come out with a bad product. You're really forced to come out with at least a decent product, I think, for the most part. Because otherwise it'll spread really quickly that your product is substandard. Yep. Well, and that makes it kind of hard on, on me because, I, I mean, I'm doing these uh, ARF upgrades. And if a plane's going to be around for a long time and it's got a good reputation, uh, the upgrades that I do on, on the planes, uh, they, they become good sellers. But uh, like I was saying before, they've gotten a lot better with the scale details, so there's not a, a need for an ARF upgrade. And then if you try doing a conversion on it, um, they've come up with something else just, what, two, three weeks later. So, yeah, the, this uh, ARF upgrade thing isn't isn't what it used to be. There's no more meat on the bone for Sparky. Pretty much, but, uh, hey, I'm diversified enough. I'm appealing to the scratch builders, the ARF builders. I'm all over the place. 
Let's put some tip tanks on that, a couple of drop tanks. There you uh, go. Yeah, yeah. Just throw some stuff. <laughs> throw some stuff under the wing. Let's have some fun. <laughs> All right. Well, with that note, uh, let's move on. Um, what one thing I've I saw on the forums that to my surprise, apparently E Fest may not be happening this year. Uh next year. Early next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh there's there's not a whole lot of detail. They're saying that it looks like the showrunner, Mr. Frank Knoll, is going to concentrate on the XFC uh, event and not go forward with the uh, E-Fest in the near future, and which would be sad because uh, we, Lee and uh, Terry and I, we all went up to E-Fest a couple of years ago, and it was a great forum, and we had a great time. And, uh, and there was a big crowd there, so... I can't yeah. imagine they would cite lack of interest. Yeah, it was well attended. So it looks like uh, if reports are to be believed, it's, it's lack of, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, leadership, <laughs> I guess you could say, and <laughs> <laughs> not lack of attendance. So uh, are you saying it's not happening next year? If the uh, Reading between the lines, it looks like it's not happening for the foreseeable future. Wow. But, this is news to me. But yeah, it is to us, and, it, and I tried doing some research, trying looking it up and seeing what other notes, but I haven't seen anything other than some information on RC groups. So this is all with a grain of sand so far, but it's been several different people saying that what they've been hearing is it's not going to happen. And we we should hear something by now because it's supposed to take place late January, early February. February. Yeah, so they should, all the pieces should be already be in place, I would think, by now, if they're going to have it. And their website still says 2016 information from early this year. So uh, doesn't they haven't updated anything. So you know who we should call? We should call Terry Dunn because I bet he has contacts from at Hobbyco. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember us like I think when we went to to Champaign, Illinois, we got to like visit Hobbyco. <laughs> Maybe he knows someone there who could tell us if this is going to happen or not. Anybody know his number? He's off the grid. <laughs> Terry, cha- <laughs> Sage, <Yes>. challenge accepted. <laughs> I can look into it. Yeah. But I think if there's no website, that's probably a pretty good indicator. Well, the Hobbyco-EFest site's still there, but there is no new date. Nothing for 2017? No, it still says 2016. Yeah. Yeah. So, But you'd think that at least put something up there to let people know, hey, by the way. Yeah, let's say pull out a last-minute miracle. Uh, I don't know. Well, maybe that's what they're holding out for. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. There's nothing here about 2017. So, yeah, I'll ask around, but I don't hold out much hope. Well, if people are listening, we don't. We really don't have any information right now, but uh, do check our website and see if we post another link or an update, or, and, or we'll add something to our Facebook page. Yeah, I'll uh, talk to my peeps over there and see if there's any insider information I can share. All right. So the AMA president is now Rich Hansen again. <laughs> well, well, was again. he president before? No, he was not. I said uh, that again. Okay. Was, yeah, so Rich Hansen is president of the AMA. Whom I spoke with at EFEST a couple of years ago. Do you remember anything about the conversation? Yeah, I was asking him. You know, That was when we were in the thick of the... Um, what was it, the FAA talking about registration and regulations, and so we chatted about some of that. What were your thoughts on his uh, general disposition? Oh, yeah, he seems like a level-headed guy. So I didn't have any strong disagreements with anything he said. I don't remember having any disagreements. I'll have to go back and look at my notes from that conversation. Well, well I have a- something interesting here. Is it a rash? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, here's how the announcement should go. So the 2017 AMA election results have been posted on AMA's website. And Richard Hansen is the AMA president. He won with 8,026 votes. Uh, coming in second was Lawrence Togus. Togus, pardon me for mispronouncing your name, with uh, 4,902 uh, Eric Williams with 3,593, and Frank Tiano, who was a write-in, only had 940 votes. Hey, that's pretty good for a write-in. 
I think. But wow, so I don't remember all the numbers. So what are we talking, like 10,000 votes total, 12,000? More than that. 15, 16,000? Okay, well, let's call it 15,000. And what is it, 150,000 members? Come on, people. That's weak. 10%? Yeah. So nobody gets to complain. And I will say, I'm surprised Frank only had 940. From what I've been reading on other forums um, and, and the huge push I was seeing on some posts, I thought he would have had more than that. But welcome Richard Hansen as our new AMA president. I demand a recount. <laughs> so, Fitz, how's your 3D printing going? <laughs> Funny you mention that, Lee. <laughs> I um, we, Last episode we talked about that I had downloaded some plans for uh, for a, a 3D printed Spitfire. And my intent was to uh, go down to the library, print it on their super mega 3D printer, because my printer is way too small. And then, of course, um, all plans uh, don't exist past the start of battle. And I decided to go ahead and buy a new 3D printer. So, uh, sitting in a box next to me is a brand new 3D printer that just came in like two days ago. Oh. Yes, it's here. This one has a significantly bigger uh, print area than my old one. And uh, this one, I got a Prusa i3 made by a company called Hicktop. Uh, these are... You just said foreign words to me. What's it called? <laughs> it's a Framstam with a defibrillator. <laughs> <laughs> is it reticulated? <laughs> articulated defibrillator. So reticulated. <laughs> uh, Hicktop is the name of the company. I'm not really all that familiar with that particular company, uh, but the Prusa i3 is a sort of open source design that's made by a whole bunch of different companies uh, based off the Rip uh, RepRap, I think, design. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's real common. It, it's, it dates back to the early, early days of home 3D printers. Uh, this one's really nice. It's all metal. And it has um, a heated bed, auto-leveling. It even detects when the filament gets out and it'll pause itself so you can replace the filament if you run out. It's pretty nice. I'd done a bunch of research and I kept coming back to this particular one because it had a, a, the large bed and it was really inexpensive. Uh, and there's actually a Yahoo Groups uh, forum, uh, what do you call it, uh, user group or what do you want to call it, uh, dedicated to it that has a lot of community resource for answering questions. The only caveat is it's a kit, so I'm going to have to put it together. And oh. most people are saying it takes 10 to 20 hours to put the thing together. Uh, so I've got my work cut out for the holiday uh, vacation coming up, I guess, next this month. So uh, hopefully it'll go together without any problems. This will be the second one I built, so it's not like I've never built one before. So... I look forward to slapping it together and printing out a RC model airplane. Is there soldering involved, or is it just nuts and bolts? It looks like it's just nuts and bolts, so it should be pretty easy. Uh, you should document that build. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I um, I have a, a, a GoPro, and my phone can do time-lapse stuff, so maybe I'll set up some cameras and just kind of document slapping it together. It'll be kind of fun. Cool. So now you've got a heated bed. Nylon is an option. Uh, nylon and ABS. Oh, right. Well, I'm glad. I'm. I'm. Excuse me. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And who? Uh, who are you again? In the last show, you guys, you mentioned a heated bed twice, and now we're talking heated bed again. Um, I don't know anything about this. So what I want to know is what's the advantage of having a heated bed, Fitz? Well, see, winter's coming, and these things get kind of cold. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did, I mean, does does the stream of plastic not adhere as well if the bed isn't heated? I, I'm guessing that's what the problem is. It's That's partially the reason. There, there's two things. A uh, heated bed uh, does help with adhesion. It prevents warping is the main thing. Oh, and okay. Certain filaments are more prone to warping than others. PLA, because which is they cool down too quickly, right? That's a so, big problem with so ABS. So it's more about a consistent, a consistent temperature for forming than anything else. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. I understand yeah. that completely. Some need it more than others. Uh, 
we were talking about ABS. There's two main types of filament that people use. One's PLA and the other one's ABS. And uh-huh. they have slightly yeah, different you properties. talked about that earlier at last and, show. And P- PLA doesn't need a heated bed, but it does help. ABS pretty much is required to have a heated bed. Otherwise, it warps off the bed because it cools too quickly. Uh-huh. Uh, so to get a consistent print, you want a heated bed. And it's temperature control. It sits around, I forgot the temperature, uh, 60 degrees centigrade, roughly, 60, 70. Uh, so it's a big thing to have, and I really like it for everything because it gives you nice flat. Even with PLA, sometimes the corners can lift off the bed, and you've got a, a, a print that has a slightly warped bottom to it, and it just annoys the out of me so um uh that is really a nice thing to have no matter what you're printing so have you seen the filaments that are i don't know if they're wood based or wood infused but apparently they're very easy to sand and can actually give kind of a stained wood finish yeah as a matter of fact um the guy who does a lot of my videos uh jeff he has some wood filament and I played around with it a little bit too, and it's it is pretty neat. He was printing chess pieces with his, and he wanted to shellac them and, and do some stuff with it. Uh, but yeah, you can sand it uh, and and kind of shape it, and it has a, a different texture to it. Doesn't have quite the wood grain that you would see like if you carve something out of wood, but it is pretty neat. It it has sort of the color and texture and uh, feel of it. Oh, that's intriguing. Yeah. And also, there's also flexible filament that you can print out that's sort of rubbery. Yeah, I've seen um, tires that were made out of that stuff, and they were squishy. Yeah, so there's all kinds of stuff there. They have carbon fiber and and, uh, uh, iron infused, so it's magnetic. Whatever you print is Uh magnetic. Yeah, they got all kinds of stuff. Now, the the problem is a lot of them are are very abrasive, so it'll wear out your tips pretty quickly, depending on what you're printing. Is somebody getting change out of the cash register? Yeah. No, that was a dog. I'm sorry. That's me. I, I've got. <laughs> I've got four. We gray, hear everything. I've got four greyhounds, and I'm running them out of the room. I've closed the door. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. You're hearing dog got, tags, is what you're hearing. It sounded like a Pink Floyd song. Hey, my, <laughs> I can't help it. My dogs love me. What am I gonna do? You still have the cat? Yeah, we have one cat. Poor cat. Bad idea. Greyhounds and cats. No, bad idea. <laughs> she wanted to rescue the thing. What am I going to do? All right. Okay, but yeah, I got them out. I, I've moved them. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. Keith, actually, I wanted to, you, you made me think of something. I wanted to do a little uh, shout out to a friend of mine named Wally, who's, uh, who's I don't know, our field mascot. His, he had a Vizsla dog. It's about two and a half years old. And I got some great pictures of that dog at uh, Best one year, and uh, some at the Bomber Field. His uh, his dog passed away. He got injured in an accident, and he had to put him down over Thanksgiving. So, really hit everybody hard. We were all very sad to to hear about that. So, just want to you know give my condolences to Wally. But uh, one thing we're hoping uh, comes through is that I believe, if I got the story right, his dog uh, helped. Uh, uh, <laughs> generate <laughs> uh, some new puppies of another Visla in in town, and it had four boys and a girl. And I think the the story is he's going to have Walker Junior uh, coming right. home soon. So hopefully it'll it'll be a full circle and and bring an em- another member of uh, Walker Texas's family back to his home. So anyway, really sorry to hear that, Wally, but uh, we sure enjoyed him out there. All right. On that note, uh, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, we have a special guest today, Mr. Keith Sparks. If you're not familiar with Keith, he uh, is an owner and proprietor, along with his wife, of ParkFlyerPlastics.com, where he vacuum forms and makes all kinds of neat stuff for uh, scratch building and for ARFs and, and whatever. I mean, there's literally, what, hundreds, thousands of stuff you've got on there? Uh, everything from uh, radial engine, dummy radial engines, pilots, bombs, canopies, even full kits. He's got several kits that he designed himself that you can uh, purchase. And, uh, of course, we've known Sparks for quite a few years, and he is a 
scratch building modeler extraordinaire. In fact, he even has his own book on the topic when building with foam. And it's a real joy to have uh, Keith join us and talk with him because uh, he's he the hobby runs through his blood, and uh, he comes up with fantastic planes. And so whenever we uh, get a chance to talk with him, we always have to ask, what is on your workbench, Keith? What are you working on? Well, thanks for the great intro there, Fitz. Uh, yeah, I've been at this for a while. Um, my mother asked me when I was going to grow up. Still <laughs> still haven't, by the way. Please don't. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I'm sticking with it. Uh, I think uh, I think my RC group's uh, tagline is RC forever. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's RC universe. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm all into it. Uh, right now, what I got on the bench is uh, uh, one of my bucket list airplanes. I, I wanted to do B-52. Uh, I've always done one before. I've done one before, and it was a small airplane. It was uh, like a two-foot span. It was a twin-engine. God, that was back whenever Terry. That was back whenever we were flying with NICADs. Oh, this <laughs> oh. poor little this poor little airplane. Uh, actually, it was the talk of the town whenever the wing caught on fire because the wires that I used was too small. <laughs> I know exactly how Fitz that is. Fitz knows about that. Oh, it, <laughs> oh, it was awesome. Whenever the and the crazy thing was when it crashed, the uh, uh, it put the fire out. Anyway, this one's a much <laughs> bigger one. <laughs> I wasn't so lucky. That one was a twin. Uh, inboard nacelle propped airplane it looked really good in the air and I've always wanted to do uh, another b-52 but ducted fan so that's what I'm doing now uh, yeah seven foot span uh, I'm trying to remember the length not right off it's probably it's probably what I call a square airplane seven by seven um, whatever the scale was I started with the motors the motors were uh, 55 millimeter, a little over two inches, and I scaled it from the motors. There are several models that I did that that were um, based on the motor size, and this is another one. Uh, trying to please tell me there's eight of them. There is eight of them. <laughs> oh, I can hear it now. <laughs> no, I know you guys should have been there for the run up. Um, oh, and while I'm thinking about it. Whenever you, you know, whenever you wire uh, a brushless motor and it's a 50 50 chance that you're going to get it right, uh -huh. yeah, the direction know, that, yeah. that is going to turn the right way. Well, I did not go buy lottery tickets for sure. Eight motors, six of them turned backwards. Is that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Were they hardwired to the controllers? Oh, yeah, everything. No, I don't go with connectors. I'm trying to save weight here. I mean, I know that a B-52 is just a giant uh, a glider airplane. Sure. But at the same time, um, yeah, it wound up working. Uh, I'm, six of them were, were miswired. Uh, I tried to wire my stuff to where they're parallel. Oh, dear God. You guys, can, there. you guys can hear the dogs barking, can't you? Oh, yeah. But it's okay. Okay, Just keep anyway. Going. <laughs> I try to wire, I try to wire things neatly, and then whenever you get it uh, wrong... Oh, God. Can we pause here? My dogs are... <laughs> yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sure. It's called ruining. It's what great dogs <laughs> do. <laughs> Are they making puppies? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> this is this is something that greyhounds do. It's called ruining. So they're ruining the day. Can you guys shut up, please? Yes, I'm sorry, Keith. Gosh. God. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> they 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 saw me looking at him. Okay. Uh, six ran up. Big flying wing. <laughs> whatever <laughs> six of them were off uh, I rewired them and the run up was good it was God, I'm, whenever I was shopping for the motors they said that they were going to put out oh I don't know X amount of thrust 
uh, but that was based on 8 volts. I'm running 7.4. So the thing is, uh, I think I'm getting... I'm getting the thrust that I'm looking for. I mean, because like I said, the airplane is uh, pretty much a flying glider. I'm just, I've already done the, the flight. I mean, I did, the, I flew the thing as a glider. We threw it. It flew probably 40 yards from a hand toss. So whatever thrust I can get out of it, it's going to be great. So what was that quote you, you gave me when you did the flight test? Um, like, uh, tall grass is a poor man's wind tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's always been my policy. Uh, if you're going to, look, if you guys are going to test fly an airplane, find yourself a big field with lots of tall grass because that's just a big pillow to catch the thing if something goes wrong. I mean, you've got to be going straight down for it to go bad. Um, so, uh, yeah, I did a search. Unfortunately, everybody has already harvested all the hay in in the texas area so yeah i was kind of stuck with a uh, a field that had short grass but the plane did really well i uh, we did like three tosses before i came up with a wing incident that i wanted everything was adjustable at the beginning so that whenever i do the design it'll be right on the money for anybody building the thing but i think the real b-52 had quite a bit of Main wing incidents. It did. It did. Uh, uh, what? Um, God, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bob. Tom Fred. Blankley told Tom Blankley told me that the original wing incidents on a B fifty two is seven degrees, which is crazy high. Wow! 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 Yeah, I know. Tip? He told me seven. Uh, from the three views that I got, I was getting five. I wound up with three, three and a half, I think. Uh, the airplane, the airplane glides great. If it really glides great, uh, the next hand launch was done with uh, a single propeller on the tip of the nose, and we flew it a little bit. Um, the motor was smaller than it needed to be, but all I was looking to do was it to extend the glide. Um, so the roll, the roll was great. It needed a little bit of rudder, just like I expected. So. Uh, with the initial test flight, my I always have a flight test program with the models that I design so that they can, um, I mean, just approve things as I go along. But right now I'm in the point of putting primer on the plane, and the run-up was awesome, and I'm really looking forward to the test flight. What are you using for batteries? Uh, the motors are limited to 2-cell, 7.5 four whatever that is are you gonna use uh, one big pack or are you gonna have a several packs I've, well now i've i've made a uh i've made a a connector system where i can either fly one pack or two i'm wanting okay. two the guy at home depot flipped out whenever i told him it was going to be pulling 120 amps <laughs> i don't think he understood no. <laughs> yeah, he's probably thinking ac yeah Exactly. That's what he was thinking. And he was like, oh, no, no, you need at least 10 gauge. I, all I was looking for was some solid copper to join these connectors. And he says, okay, but what are you doing? And I, and I told him, whenever I told him I'm building a B-52, he looked at me like, okay, I've heard it all now. You're better off going into Home Depot knowing what you want, trust me, because right. these guys are used to constant, you know what I'm getting at. Anyway, um... I wound up making a, a connector so that I can join the wings and two batteries in case I needed it. I'm hoping for just one. Total weight on the model right now without the batteries is, what, uh, six pounds with four and a half pounds of thrust. So I think I've pretty much got a 3D, uh, <laughs> a, a 3D B-52. But the good thing is, I mean, because the, the 120 amps kind of freaks me out. But on the hindsight of it, uh, if I can fly it at half throttle, I guess that would be half the amps. What? So I'm going to have some good flying time with my B-52. So you've got a plane with an 80-inch wingspan, roughly, that weighs uh, 6 pounds. Right. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Oh, no, what's impressive is that the foam comes from Home Depot. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've gotten to where I have to try to design my airplanes around Home Depot because everybody's got a Home Depot 
and um, yeah, that 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 ought to work. That ought to work. I'm using three quarter inch. Uh, three. I went out and bought one sheet of three quarter inch styrofoam and started building my plane. Do the wings twist any when you run up the motors? No, no, no. They're little bitty things. God, they're only like two and a half inches across. Uh, I was concerned about balancing. Uh, no, no, they're so small you don't have to worry about balancing. I, I mean, I ran them up and I ran each one up in my hand and I could, it didn't feel like there was hardly any vibration at all. And whenever I ran them all up together, uh, you could tell that they were out of sync, but they weren't shaking the wing apart. You just, you just reminded me of a story. I used to work with a guy who flew B-52s. And he told me of a story once of, a, of an old B-52. Apparently it had a lot of time and, and was pretty worn out. And they had run it up on the, on the runway to take off. And the wings moved forward and the fuselage didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I, that's what he told me. <laughs> I said, ow, okay. Well, this thing is... Uh still a uh, like I said a bucket list airplane it's a project in the works um, it looks like it's going to be a successful design I mean I've had to ditch like mm. four or five of my designs and if this doesn't work out then you guys aren't going to see it but I think this is going to work out great because it's pretty much just a glider it's do a glider with eight engines on it do you have a, do you have a build log on RC groups I've, I've got I've got probably 70 pictures. I've probably got another 25 to go. Um, there so will be a, a, a thread on RC groups for sure. Okay, great. And I'll turn the article into the AMA and we'll see what they do with it. Oh, it's for publication. Oh, yeah. The, well, there's I'm, I'm, I'm drawing plans and my plans are probably 85% done. Um, yeah, it's oh. a whole process. It, okay. it takes me a while. So you're going to offer a, a short kit or something on your website at some point? Yes, yes, there will be. Uh, the nacelles will be available for anybody that wants to build their own B-52 or if they want to do this one. Um, there will be short kits. I have uh, the, the, the tail gun has got vacuum form parts. And for the guys that can't sand to shape um, foam... They're going to have a vacuum nose for the thing. I mean, mm. if you just can't, and it is, it is hard to get the windshield right. I got a vacuum piece. You can just slide it right on the nose and paint it. Wow, that sounds like an awesome project. Yeah, and, and you know, I've got on the website, I've got like three different sizes of B-58 nacelles, and they really do pretty good, but I don't ever get any pictures of, of the completed projects. So <laughs> I'm really not sure if these guys are just uh, um, being optimistic or if they're actually using them. But they usually sell in sets of four, so uh, <laughs> apparently they're trying to build a B-52. So, Keith, I think there's one thing you're going to have to add to your B-52 to make it more scale, though. You can't you can't make an electric B fifty two without adding some type of huge black smoke system behind each EDF. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. And you know what? The the I want to go with the Vietnam. I want to go with the Vietnam uh, uh, paint scheme. But then I, while I was looking, I saw that NASA paint scheme, and it's got that X fifteen under the, uh, tucked up under its wing. Oh, this is so cool. And the silver, I like silver planes. I, I'm not really sure where I'm going with it. Uh, i got to get it all primered up before I decide which way I'm going with colors. It would be nice. You could go a lot of different directions with that. X-15 or lifting bodies or I yeah, know, whatever. I know. X-38. Oh, I like the NASA idea. I think that would be yeah. great because we could all make stuff to put underneath your B-52. <laughs> I know, just drop all kinds of little gliders off of the thing. Yeah, yes. Uh, is it going to have retracts? Uh, right now I'm going hand launch, but I'm thinking about, uh, for the initial test flight, it's going to be sort of a tail dragger. I know that's just crazy to think of, but two wheels in the front so that I don't have to trust somebody to throw my airplane and I can use, uh, fly it as a tail dragger to get the test part of my test flight program. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think retracts is probably going to make it way more. Of course it will. It's probably a pound. But the thing doesn't weigh uh, anything as it is, so I think that's... Well, I understand that, but uh, there's still flying time to consider. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at the B-58, the retracts 
kind of, uh, I won't say they killed it, but made it much more challenging. Yes, and it did. And then, and I'm still shopping for most of that. I'm going to come back to that later. Um, I think that maybe um, some sort of a cradle under the plane. Uh, just some wheels to get okay. the airspeed up. After it rotates and takes off, the wheels roll to the end of the runway and I get to fly my plane. Uh, I've got the nacelle set up so that whenever, whenever you land... Um, I'm going to put outboard tanks on it, so those are going to serve as uh, wingtip skid skid plates. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to belly land it in the grass. The idea is to keep the thing really light. Hmm. Well, of course, the idea is to get the airplane in the air and have a cool-looking B-52 flying, but you want to recover the thing. So yeah. what made you decide to, to tackle the B-52 project? Well, like I said, it was a bucket list thing. Uh oh. It's just one of the. Uh, I, you got to keep challenging yourself. Um, I've I've built, uh, God, I've built so many airplanes, and the B-52 is one of them that that I've saw one online that was done with four motors, but I haven't seen one done with eight. So I don't know. I'm just trying to keep myself challenged. How many miles of wire did you use? Ah, uh, God, that was a lot of math. Oh yeah. Um, well, I mean, considering the app draw, I start off with 10 gauge out to the first pylon, then it switches to 14 gauge, and then once it gets to the speed controllers, I guess it goes to, uh, let me see, a 20 amp speed controller, that's, yeah, it gets smaller as it goes to the speed controller is my point. I don't want to have any voltage or any power loss on the way out to the speed controllers. So the battery leads are extended, not the motor leads? Oh, no, the speed controllers are out on the wing. That's where they're supposed to be. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You. Well, there's different schools of thought on that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know which one is right, but some people do it the other way. I, I've heard a couple of rule of thumbs, depending on if you're near the current limitation or near the voltage limitation of the speed controller, depending. Uh, if you want short leads from the battery to the speed controller, if you're near the voltage limitation... Uh, and you want short leads from the speed controller to the motor if you're near the current limitation. If I get that right. Okay, uh, yeah. I, you know, whenever I looked into it, whenever I did the uh, the 757, uh, what I found out was that you had to have the speed controller to make a, a ducted fan motor most efficient. You want the speed controller as close to the motor as you can. Of course, that's probably old school because this motor, uh, that design's what, uh, five years old. So maybe they've changed speed controllers since then. Well, you said you're running only two cells, so I doubt you're you're near any limitations. Most speed controllers can handle three, four S. I've never seen a two S. Very rarely have I seen a two S only speed controller. That's usually for only some of the micro kind of planes. Well, well yeah, that so, limitation is because so. of the motors. The motors are limited to eight point something volts and the closest I can get with live polys is seven. So yeah. 7. So 4. for for two reasons I think you're 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 good the way you are. Um, you have the speed controllers near the motors because you've got three wires, a short run of three wires versus a long run of three wires. So you're mm -hmm. saving weight that way. And uh, and you're nowhere near the voltage limitation. So you you should be good to go. Yeah, if you've already done run-ups and nothing's blown up yet, you're probably fine. Oh no, God! I I, I ran these things up with just one set with just one pack, uh, full power for like, I think it was like three minutes. I mean, until I was, and then shut it down and touched everything. <laughs> nothing's hot until the blood came out of your ears. Oh, God, it was, it was blowing stuff around in the shop like crazy. So, and I'm trying <laughs> to hold this airplane down and and get my my amp draw readings and all this mess it was uh but it was a, a a pivotal point for the design so and i'm happy with the thrust with the thrust from the thing so we'll see how it does the the really drawback is for anybody that's going to build this airplane is finding eight of those motors yeah i had a problem with it i wound up buying 12 and it was crazy because the place that i bought it from sent me a thank you letter for buying such a large order what did did so, you not use um, some off the shelf units of fan and motor combinations? Well, these are what, off, what the shelf, off the shelf off the shelf motors and fans and everything. Um, but the problem is, most of these websites will only stock 
three or four of these motors and I wanted I wanted the eight but I wound up ordering 12 in case well I don't have that much faith in some of the stuff that comes out of China so I ordered 12 in case I had a couple bad ones and that was unfounded because all 12 motors run good by the way now you got to build a 707 yeah <laughs> yeah well, you, well, now the thing is, I have, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys know John Morgan. He does some great work. Oh, and yeah. He's already agreed He's already agreed to do a B-52 as a twin prop. So he's, he, I'm going to send him a set, and I'm going to send him a, a, the plans and the setup, and he's going to do it as a prop jet. That'll and, work. And let, and let me know what he uses to fly the plane, and, and I think that's cool, too. I don't know. I'm glad that he's doing it for me. Fitz, you got to 3D print a whole bunch of bombs so he can do a carpet bombing run. You'll <laughs> <laughs> never find them. Oh, yeah, they'd be so tiny, wouldn't but they? But it would look it's awesome when you Great did it, picture, though. though. Yeah. <laughs> 100, 100 bombs dropping out of the B 52. <laughs> That's why they invented Photoshop. Well, no, but see, there now it's a, it's a money business. See, you're, you're selling people parts for the B 52. Fitz can sell 3D printed bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. All right. So that's my scratch building project for the winter. I mean, I, I try to choose some sort of a project that's going to get me through the winter, and this is obviously going to do it. Well, that, do you really have a building season in Dallas? Well, actually, we have two building seasons in Dallas Fort Worth. Uh, we have one building season, which is really good for fiberglass airplanes because it's very hot outside. Uh, it's too hot to be flying, so you're in the shop building, and then it's too cold for flying, so you're in the shop building. So there's really two okay. really short building seasons. Interesting. When do you expect the maiden flight to be on the B-52? I'm probably going to have gloves on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's getting close. It's getting close. Um, God, I, it's hard to say. Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, maybe February, and then if it's way too cold, uh, March, I guess, somewhere in there. It's going to be set up for spring. I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly the thing pri with primer paint first. I mean, I'm not going to sure. not going to do the polish a turd. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to see how it does, and if I have to any changes I need to make, but I don't think I'll need it. Um, I can do it while it's still in prime. All right. Well, we all look forward to seeing that. That's going to be awesome. Hopefully, it's not a turd. It'll show up at best next year. <laughs> oh, it'll be at best. All right. <laughs> and uh, let me see. And you guys, what else is on my bench? I got the... Uh, when it, speaking of best, while we were at best, I saw this guy fly the, uh, the Warhawk from uh, Durafly. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with... Um, like a P40? Uh, no, no, no. These flash sales that, that uh, Hobby King keeps having. This Durafly P40 keeps showing up over and over and over. So I get back from Best. Uh, I saw the plane fly. It looks like it does great. So they had the flash sale. So I went ahead and picked one up. And I'm kind of liking this airplane. Uh, what do you guys think about Durafly? <laughs> TikTok. Well, I don't have one. I thought who the makes vampire? Who makes the Cessna three ten? Oh wait a minute! Isn't it the Lee? Don't aren't our uh, vampires Durfly? Uh yes, our Duraflies. Yeah, the vampires are Duraflies. Yes. The uh, Cessna three tens. They're what nitro planes? Yes, that was nitro. Dynam. 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 Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we. I I love my vampire. Once once you stiffen the tail. Yeah, well, after I crashed it and fixed it, yes, I improved upon it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah. what size is this uh, P40? Uh, this has got a 44-inch wingspan. Uh, you can fly it on a three-cell or a four-cell. Um, I can't imagine flying this thing on a four-cell four because it's kind of quick with three. You lack imagination, young Padawan. <laughs> oh man! Expand your horizons. <laughs> if I put this thing, if I put four cells in this thing, it's going to be a rocket. Yeah, that's but I, I like the way it flies. I've lights on the thing, and um, yeah, I'm kind of liking this airplane. And I, I really don't understand why they're having so many flash sails on it. I, I guess because the canopy's ugly. No idea. I, I don't know why anybody's buying. I mean, not buying it. Um, the canopy is the D model. 
the kitty hawk. That's what I mean. That's what uh, the Brits called it. Well, the Brits called yeah. it, a, or, or the Soviets and the Brits called it a tomahawk or a kitty hawk. The D model they called a kitty hawk. Um, they don't explain all that in the plans, but I mean on the instructions. But that's what it is. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and turn mine into a warhawk. I'm gonna make a canopy upgrade for it because I like the warhawk. But it's a nice plane. It, it's it's another one of these RF Terry. At the beginning of the sh the beginning of the show, we talked about uh, uh, airplanes that come with a lot of different decals and naked. And that's what this does. They have like uh, they got like like five different decal sets that can come with this thing. Although we're kind of limited because of the D model. It comes with all of those, or you choose? Oh no, way? it comes with all of them. I, I got a, I got this whole stack okay. of decals now that I can't use because I've already chosen mine. I kind of wanted to go with the Russian scheme, but um, no, no, no. It's uh, yeah, I think it's a good plane. Uh, you can't do anything to it. It's got retracts, bomb drop, flaps. Uh, the only thing it doesn't have is lights, and I don't know why you need that. And as far as drawbacks go to the airplane. All I can tell you is balance the prop. It's a big propeller, big yeah. spinner. Balance it so that it doesn't make a lot of noise in the air. So what are the characteristics of the D? The D. You say it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, the, the, it's the Warhawk that's got extra windows, I guess you'd call it. It doesn't have that, that scalloped back window. Oh, right. Okay. And, and, sure and it's got what about the air scoop? Is that the larger size? Yes, yes, it is. Okay. Uh, but um, I think um, if you follow the instructions, the ailerons, the throws on the ailerons are too much because I was a little jinky taken off for the first time. I dumbed it all down, and now I'm happy with the plane. I thought it would tip over on its nose, but the axle is right about even with the leading edge of the wing, so it doesn't want to flip over like P-40s would. Um and I think that they skimped a little bit on the length of the airplane. I think they added some length to it because the P-40 typically has the surface area of the side of the airplane, uh, the original, the real one, the surface area on the front end was almost equal to the rear end and it made it hard on the pilots as far as yaw goes on takeoff and landings. And I think they extended a little bit or maybe they made the rudder bigger, but it's not a problem with this airplane. Well, there you go. Wise words from Keith Sparks, builder of glorious scale airplanes and flyer of cheap foamies. <laughs> and there you go, Fitz. <laughs> Again. <laughs> we would love to give someone a gift for the Christmas holidays. So we decided to come up with a little giveaway. And the way it works is this. Uh, I have a thunder and lightning kit ready to ship. And we will give it to a random user who will like the Facebook post for episode 17. So once we put this out on Facebook, like the episode post, and we will pick a random person. And you could be the lucky winner and unfortunate builder. <laughs> Unfortunately, the builder of a uh, Thunder and Lightning. Is that too tacky? So, no. Do we have to limit it to people in the U.S.? Uh, it should be Con U.S., yes. Con the continental okay. U.S., and what other things do they need to finish this kit? Uh, everything. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Paint, glue, epoxy. Uh, it, it, three servos. It needs three to... nine-gram servos. Well, take it away, Terry. <laughs> well, sorry, I'm fed up now. No, you're fine. And this is how we work, Keith. <laughs> Uh, what do you need to finish this kit? Uh, there is a thread on RC groups that'll give you a whole bunch of information. We'll also post the uh, link on the Facebook post, but you'll need a 400 size, 1200 to 1400 kV motor, three cell, 1000 to 1300 milliamp LiPo, uh, 20 amp ESC, and three nine gram servos, plus whatever favorite radio system you'd like to use. Has anyone ever built a four cell Thunder and Lightning? I have. Not the big one. A little one. Remember my little speed racer? Oh, right, right. Okay, what about five cells? 
Uh, maybe someone has. I have not. <laughs> if, okay. if you're Fitz, you can do that. <laughs> Double the size and throw of the ailerons. Triple the power. Exactly. Up. And the flight time is 30 seconds. <laughs> I just wondered if they would hold together. Well, on the uh, on the Speed Racer, I really uh, supersized the, the CF structure, so... Uh, I mean, the plane was fine. It didn't. It, I didn't have any issues with the plane. I just think there was still too much drag to get it to go 100 miles an hour. I think I got it to about 80. Yeah, once you get close to Mach 1, things really start to get draggy. <laughs> yeah, drag profile goes up tremendously. Yeah. Don't think it was made to use to that, do that area rule. So anyway, uh, we'll uh, just we'll pick somebody. We'll send you a message, uh, drop you a line, and just need your mailing address, and we'll send you a. A thunder and lightning kit for, and thank you for uh, being a listener of our podcast. And speaking of thunder and lightning, I thought I'd uh, end the show with asking this question for Keith: Did you start on the thunder and lightning kit that you won it best? I have looked at it, and I have <laughs> constantly, I have constantly been putting the parts back in the package. <laughs> every time, every time I move it, a piece falls out, and I put it right back. In your defense, uh, a B-52 is uh, much more impressive than a Thunder and Lightning kit. So. No, no, no. I'm putting this thing <laughs> together because it was, been a, it was a Thunder and Lightning that took two notches out of my, uh, out of my airplane <laughs> at the combat thing. So, yeah, I have to go carbon fiber to do anything at, at the combat meet. What you want is a Thunder and Lightning with eight ducted fan engines on it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We're just going to just ramp this thing up. Lee, I've been collecting parts, and I, and and there's a, a, I don't know how you guys do your projects, but I have boxes, and each each project has got its own box, and I put components in it, and whenever the components are all there, then I get the project down and build it, and your box is is having parts put in it. It's on the way. No, no pressure. No pressure. I know. I, hell, I, I've got until next uh, till next best, the way I see it. Well, unless the the RCR crew decide to uh, maybe get together in Dallas or something and, and maybe watch you uh, fly that B-52 before best. Any, any chance we can get together, guys, and maybe catch up with Keith for an event before best? Oh, I, Sounds like a good plan. I bid my vacation around an event that terry has uh i ditched uh small and i'm all set up for t- for terry's event oh the warbird event yeah August? buddy yeah. and and if i miss i it, hope i still live here then i know but if i miss it by a week then um i've got you all to myself <laughs> all right now i might so, have to come up there anyways for the sae event at some point all right i think they're having it again in fort worth Oh, yeah. What time of year is that? It's usually early in the year, March, April, something like that. Yeah, okay. Tom plays that thing up, and it's it's kind of cool. you got all these, I, I would call them non-RC people. They're new <laughs> to it, and they come up with all these new great ideas, and it's uh, it's kind of like RC follies, really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's highly entertaining. Huh? It's highly entertaining to see these designs. Well, well you see one airplane with. take off with, with, with weight in it. And then you know that the next round, they have to add more weight. And you saw the wing stress in the last time. So this is going to be good. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well, I wonder if we can kill two birds, see that event, and maybe get some flying in too. Oh, yeah. Hey, Keith, thank you so much for uh, for joining us, man. It's, oh, no, it's no, great. it's great. It's great. It's like being at best all over again, like I was telling you guys earlier. And um, Fitz... You pat Kanon on the head for me, would you please? I uh, sure will. you like it. <laughs> Thanks so much, Keith, for joining us. Uh, it's been awesome as usual. And you, we definitely will have you back. Uh, hopefully uh, we have some more good stories and the new planes you've been working on. And uh, But thanks again. And uh, any last words? No. Okay. You what, so. just, just me? I thought you were talking to the whole group. It was. We were all blank. <laughs> oh, well, no, no. As far as last words go, you guys are doing great, and uh, you got to keep it up. And this is uh, uh, – these poor people that listen to this show, they have no idea. They have no idea if they come to Best and hang out with us, this is this is all the time. This is all the time. Uh, this, this whole conversation, it's um, – 
it's a whole weekend worth of it with these three guys, and you guys are really missing out. So, uh, yeah. Um, Fitz, Lee, Terry, you guys are great. You're doing a good job. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Check us in the mail, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> good to know the check, please. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. As, as usual, it's been too much fun, and I hate to end it, but we, we got a bug. So we'll see you the next time around. Bye-bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions and listen to our other great podcasts. Those who live in Las Vegas can listen to us over the radio at the all-new Magic 97.9 FM, KIOF LP Las Vegas.